This program deals with themes of an adult nature and is intended for a mature audience. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside of this world. We must guard against the military-industrial conflict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! The power they took from the people will return to the people. The Matrix is everywhere. It is all around us. It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. Shall I tell you what I find beautiful about you? You are in charge of the best when things are worse. Sooner or later, though, you always have to wake up. Be skeptical, but don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, please make yourself at home. To listen to part two of tonight's interview and all of our material going back to 2008, don't miss out and subscribe. It's very simple. All you have to do is click on the subscribe button of our website at veritasradio.com and you'll receive your login immediately. And have you listened to Sanitas Radio yet? Take a look at all the shows we've done so far and all the upcoming guests. You have no idea what these shows can do for you and your loved ones. You will never hear what they have to say in the mainstream media. I guarantee it. Remember, your greatest wealth is your health. Check it out at sanitasradio.com. And for MMS or our futuristic metal-cased USB drives with all our seasons and bonus material, go to the Veritas store. To get in touch with us, for member support, media inquiries, suggestions, you want to be a guest or are a whistleblower? Click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And here's an update about the mysterious disappearance of Malaysia Airlines Flight MH370. According to Mitch House, Vice President of Freescale Semiconductor, 20 of their engineers, four of them American, were aboard the plane. The rest were Chinese and Malaysian nationals. 
Freescale is involved in the design and manufacturing of RFID chips to be implanted in the human body. These chips contain your name, digital image, fingerprints, physical description, current and previous addresses, family history, occupation, current income, fiscal information, all debts, criminal record, if any, vital signs, a new 18-digit social security number, and more. These were 20 engineers connected to RFID chips. Could these occupants have anything to do with the aircraft's disappearance? Could these engineers be so important? Or did they know? Did they know too much? Could they be used by the secret elite for goals we are not aware of? Or was their cargo of the utmost interest? Very mysterious. As of this morning, the Australian government has reported that their satellites have spotted an object in the ocean, but a plane in the area was unable to find the object, located 1,466 miles southwest of Perth, Australia. For updates on this story, visit our website, our blog, and our Facebook page. And tonight, we discuss the disappearance of Malaysia Airlines Flight 370, banker suicides, Ukraine, echoes of 1914, and even cognitive liberty. Does the government or someone else have the power to invade your mind? All of this and much more with our special guest, Clyde Lewis, coming up right now on Veritas. And tonight, we welcome a powerful voice in the field of paranormal news and commentary. With a diverse background in news, acting, writing, and radio, a Veritas veteran from Ground Zero Media at groundzeromedia.org. I'm referring to our friend, Clyde Lewis. Hello, Clyde, and welcome back to Veritas. Hello, Mel. I'm so glad to be on your program. I love Veritas. I've been a fan of Veritas uh, for many years, and I'm so honored to be on the show with you. Oh, it's my honor, and I'm also a fan of yours, as you obviously know. And in the past few days, I, there's so many news converging, and I thought we need to bring Clyde back because he has a great perspective on see, seeing things that the mainstream media doesn't want to talk about. So let's start with, with an important one, Malaysia Airlines Flight 370. You've written a lot about this. I've read a lot of news, and I want to see what your take is on this first. Well, my take is, and, I, I'm, I'm, and this is something I'm probably going to debut on your show, is I'm beginning to wonder, because at first, uh, my theory about the plane getting hit by a meteor was tossed around by CNN. And uh, it was because I submitted to them uh, the, the flight taking off into a meteor shower. Now, it's well documented that there was a meteor shower, huge one, fireball, seeming, uh, North Korea, South Korea, China, Malaysia, all these areas were seeing a lot of activity, Indonesia. And uh, I posted the pictures of the big fireballs. There were huge fireballs. And the plane took off into this, into this uh, meteor shower. And I was thinking, you know, is it unlikely or is it likely that a plane would get hit by a meteor shower? We've had at least three close calls prior to the plane taking off. And what was odd is the two nights before the plane disappeared, I had a pilot named Tyler called my program. He was from Chicago. And he said, you know, Clyde, in the seven years I've been in the air flying my aircraft, he says, I fly a commercial jet. He says, in the seven years I've been flying my commercial jet, he says, it's interesting, but there have been at least three times where I've had close calls where a um, uh, big fireball 
you know, came within 15 miles of my aircraft. And he says, and there are a lot of pilots that are having this experience as well because of the increase in flight. And, uh, there's, you know, there's more flights down the sky and there's more. We, we seem to be scraping through this, you know, this uh, snooker table called space. And um, we were, you know, this is before the plate disappeared. So we were discussing this at length. And it was kind of interesting because I remember when I was um, investigating one of the first stories I investigated for Ground Zero and when I worked for CNN was Flight 800, TWA Flight 800. I was thinking, oh, this is a lot like TWA Flight 800, isn't it? Because they said when TWA Flight 800 took off, the big fireball came up and hit it, or it came down and hit it. And I contacted one of the authorities at the National Transportation Safety Bureau, and I asked him, I said, so what was the ball of light that hit the plane? He said, well, he says, I need to tell you that NASA's here. And they're investigating the possibility a meteor hit the plane, but it's highly unlikely. I said, what are the chances? And he said, one in 10 million. And I said, okay, one in 10 million. But, uh, you know, his chances of you winning the lottery are higher. Chances of you uh, actually uh, getting struck by lightning are higher. And I said, oh, okay. Well, people still get struck by lightning and they still win the lottery. So it could be possible, highly unlikely. And then I looked at the statistics and I realized that, you know, you're more than likely to be hit by a meteor than being a terrorist attack. So I'm thinking, okay, I'll go with that. So for a while, I was talking about this theory, and I was saying this is what could have happened, and it still could, because a lot of hypothesis has been thrown around by the media that's just hypothesis. We need to remember that theories, such as mine, and the other theories that are out there as well, and the other hypotheses that are being formed, are that, because we have no evidence, we have no plane, we have no crew, and uh, we have no passengers. So... Any story can be made up, any story to fit the fears of everyone. And it seems to me that in the beginning, the, the very fears that everybody had, the fear of pilot malfeasance or the fear of pilots or crew members who are fanatical or whatever, would cause a plane like this to be hijacked, refitted, and maybe a bomb placed on board. So I got to thinking about scenarios like that. And I've been thinking about, once again, you know, they're telling us that we're reliving, um, we're, we're reliving 1914. We're preparing for war, World War One, World War Two, depending on which war you decide you want to uh, make comparisons with. I mean, if you want to call Putin Hitler, you know, I guess you can, but I mean, it's not, it's not a good analogy at the moment. But uh, you look at this plane, and, and and as I said, this is the first time I've ever said this, so I'm saying this on your show first, not even on my show. But if this is how we think the plane came down, if we think the plane was hijacked or it was shot down or it was carrying something that would be, would be considered a weapon, then what we have is we have a comparison that could be placed with the Lusitania, which, of course, was a boat that was sank by German U-boats because it was allegedly carrying munitions and other ordnance. So as I... I'm talking on your program, I'm beginning to wonder if what that plane is, is our version of Lusitania. It's not a ship, it's a plane. They've been carrying some sort of cargo or maybe carrying something else that needed to be taken to, I don't know, some place like maybe Pakistan or one of the stands, Uzbekistan or Kazakhstan or any of these other areas, or perhaps even uh, Afghanistan. And uh, what's interesting about it is, is that it could have been shot out of the air by something, maybe even us, and we don't want to admit to it. But if that's the case, 
there are so many things that can ping back, quote unquote, ping back to to many companies. You know, take the the uh, engines as an example, Rolls Royce. They get pings, and I have relatives in the airline industry who tell me, first of all, whenever a transponder in a commercial airliner is turned off, every officer of the airline gets a text immediately after it happens, first of all. Sure. Then Rolls- well, and here's the thing, Mel, here's the thing. The media can choose who they want to speak to. I mean, I wanted to talk about my meteor theory, and no one wanted to talk to me. Uh, they don't want to talk to anybody who doesn't fit their agenda. And the agenda that they're pushing is a pilot who has fanatical views about a political party. They want to push that. Why, and, and this is what I talked about on my show the other night. What we are doing anymore is that when tragedy happens, we are more than likely interested, not in the people that had passed or that had died or that had been killed. We're not interested in the humanity of the affair or the lack of humanity in the affair. What we are interested in are statistics, technicalities, and political leanings of the villains. And we want to study the villain more so than we want to study the humanity of the people. And we are desensitizing ourselves to the fact that when tragedy like this happens, when people are on planes that disappear, there are tragedies. There are people who die. When people are shot in schools, there are, there are people and children that die. And that is why you hear now people having conspiracy theories. They call them conspiracy theories, but uh, they're investigative of, of perhaps hoaxes or perhaps things like at Sandy Hook when they were talking about how there were crisis actors and perhaps no one died there, the children, it was all faked. That's why we're getting this is because of the fact that we do not take the time to look at the humanity. We didn't hear about every child and, and how they were a loss to their families. We don't hear about, we don't watch the, the families grieve. In fact, we see families being propped up like actors coming on television and saying, well, this is my family. And it's so uh, lacking in humanity, so lacking in, uh, in any kind of feeling that it just makes you wonder about whether or not it's all real or if it's all staged it's all a stage show. It's because of the fact that here in the United States, unlike other countries, um, we here now have this inability to care. So we're creating for ourselves something called bystander syndrome. We are being psychologically numbed to the humanity of every activity that happens. And it could be the reason why we don't get out in the streets and protest. It could be the reason why we don't all march to Washington and demand that Barack Obama go. It could be those reasons because we just say to ourselves, well, this is the way of the world. It is the apocalypse, and this is how it's going to be. And so we find ourselves losing our humanity and being more interested in uh, perhaps standing and watching and taking out our smartphones and recording it rather than helping the people that are in tragedy, that are having the tragedy. And unfortunately, the mainstream media just gives us their side of the story. And if you believe everything they're telling you, maybe. You need to reconsider. But, you know, speaking of the pilot, the captain, supposedly a fanatic. And when we say fanatic, I started looking into it. And he was a fan of an opposition leader who was sent to jail for the crime of simply being a homosexual, the, 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 the opposition leader. So I wonder if the Malaysian government is, is hiding information because they don't want to bring the world's attention to that country based on that crime of being homosexual. Anybody who is homosexual basically goes to jail. 
Well, I mean, and that's another thing, too. People know, and this is all I see, okay? You know, I sit in a room every night when I do my show with monitors, the monitors, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox, okay? And I see all of the images. And all we see, you know, with the, with the, with the sound turned down, are the images of this pilot and the words fanatic and the words radical. And all he was doing, as you say, was that he, he uh, sided with an opposition leader that happened to be gay. And so what do we do? We show him in a shirt saying democracy is dead. Right. We put him in front of a flight simulator. And I don't know how many times I've been sent letters saying, he had a flight simula- simulator in his house. That makes him, that makes him suspect. So really? what? It makes him suspect. Yeah. Of what? I know. And, and, and people, you know, they'll latch onto something and they'll think, well, he's a fanatic. He has a, he has a flight simulator in his house. And then we'll be hearing about how he only learned how to fly. He didn't learn how to land. I mean, this type of stuff. I remember when 9-11 happened, uh, they were telling me things like, you know, Clyde, those pilots that flew those planes into the buildings, you know, Clyde, they didn't learn how to land. All they learned how to do was fly. I'm going, uh, so that means that when they were training, uh, they didn't land the plane that they were training in. That they didn't learn how to land. <laughs> because I mean, if that's the case, they're still flying over Florida, ladies and gentlemen. And that's the thing. Sometimes you have to stop and say to yourself, "What kind of nonsense are are you being fed?" Even in with people who claim that they're telling you the truth with regards to uh, alternative news. And I always laugh when people tell me that old story about how um, how the the pilots that were training. Uh, to fly those planes into the into the World Trade Center and into the Pentagon, they were they were being taught only to fly and not to land. And I'm thinking, huh? So that means that means that they never landed the planes while they were training. Makes sense, doesn't it? Definitely. And the question this begs the question: Why are we giving our critical thinking to to someone else? In this case, to the mainstream mediaopoly. You know, I really don't know. And here's the thing that's interesting: is I have done. In the past, I mean, I did a lot of shows about this plane, and it got to a point where every caller I had on my show was repeating the other caller. And I realized, I told my producers, I said, I need to, I need to bug out of this story. And they said, Why? It's hot. I said, It's not worth the trouble because people are going to be talking themselves into the ground, standing by their theories and speaking about them as facts. And then the media is going to do the same thing. And the media did the same thing with the Boston bombing. I remember when the Boston bombing happened, I was following the, uh, the suspects as they were uh, being chased through Watertown. And I remember telling my news editor when he came in, because I stayed after my show and I went live with full coverage until like three in the morning. And I figured it'd be, it'd be fine to do it until 3 in the morning because 3 in the morning is 6 a.m. in New York. And that, you know, by the time I'm finished, uh, coverage would be on the networks and they would broadcast the network coverage and I would have to worry. Well, here I was following uh, local coverage of the chase uh, that was happening in Watertown. And I was following all of it on local reporting, what the local reporters were reporting. Uh, saying this is a local station reporting this, this, and this. And then by the time I walked out of the studio at 3 a.m., I walked into, uh, I walked in and talked to this guy named Steve. And I said to him, I said, Steve, no matter what you do, do not trust 
the mainstream media on this story. They are going to screw it up. They are going to... Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.